Hi, everybody, and thank you for listening to the 11-1 Project. This is a podcast made by Kristen and Aaron. We are going to be discussing how we are integrating the chakras into our daily lives. We are starting on November 1st, hence 111. You can start whenever you hit play. And it's the second week, so that's the second chakra, the sacral chakra. Many people call it the creative womb, but make sure you listen to how Kristen says Erin changed her whole life. Yes, she said it. I have it recorded. We'd love for you to reach out to us. Let us know how you're integrating the chakras into your daily life. Send us an email and we would love for you to join our conversation. Until then, let's get started. So this week we focus on the second chakra. How did it go for you, Kristen? It was good. It was it was a little bit more intense than I had planned for. I don't know why, but you know, personally I wasn't expecting much from from this week. I would say for for some chakras versus others, I anticipate, oh, this is going to be a heavier week or, you know, I thought it would be a lighter week and in terms of work for myself and, and it wasn't, but let me explain a little bit for folks what the second chakra is. The second chakra is all about, I feel creativity, passion, intimacy, and connection, desire for pleasure. It is located in the lower abdomen. I always say it's below the belly button. Uh, the color is orange. It is associated with the element water. Um, some ways that you can heal this chakra are belly dancing, focusing on loving partnerships and yoga. And it's really about claiming your dreams and going out and making them a reality and giving birth to your dreams. Some of the ways that you can focus on balancing your sacral chakra um, when we're thinking about food and all things orange, there's carrots and mangoes and oranges and orange peppers and peaches and apricots and sweet potatoes and foods rich in omega-3s such as salmon also work really well to balance the chakra. I also throw in some nuts and seeds such as flax and almonds and walnuts and sesame to provide additional fatty omega-3s. And this is helpful in aiding in cardiovascular health and reducing inflammation. Also like to stock up on coconut and spices such as cinnamon. And because this chakra's element is water, just thinking about drinking plenty of water or herbal teas and staying hydrated. Now, when you think about relating the second chakra to your personal power, uh, it's creation and can pull in stones such as rose quartz and carnelian and amethyst and pink tourmaline. And that can really be helpful with uh, helping to balance out your chakra. And so Erin, I know uh, when we connected last week, we talked a little bit about tarot cards, any tarot cards or oracle cards that stood out to you for 
the sacral chakra? Sure, absolutely. And there's some that are more traditional, uh, such as the hermit and the high priestess, just in that the chakra houses so much of uh, feelings and sensuality and desires, as you were talking about. Um, then I would also just throw out there that it, it's encompassing almost the entire minor arcana of um, the, the cups with emotions and water. Um, and because within the second chakra, it does have all those really wonderful things of desire and love and partnerships, but there's also the flip side of it, of the negative emotions that can get housed in there of fear and anxiety. Um, and so I think with the minor arcana, when it goes for the whole range of um, the cups, it can kind of go from, you know, start to finish of all the things that can end up getting um, seated there in that sacral chakra. With the hermit, the hermit talks a lot about intuition, about believing in yourself, about introspective, introspective <laughs> ideas. Um, with the high priestess, it talks a lot about, again, with intuition, but more of, you know, um, like a clairvoyance intuition, a knowing of the beyond. Um, and so with both of those, the feelings that are housed in, in both of those cards, I think are really indicative of the sacral chakra and are both really beautiful ways of demonstrating that. So if you were to pull a card, um, when, when, you know, just discussing any question or anything, those, those two specifically could be pretty big indicators that there's some type of sacral chakra work to be done. With the Oracle cards, it really made me think about um, the one that you've actually pulled for me now, I don't know how many times of the goose, um, and we can link mm. um, the specific cards that you're using uh, with that, but it speaks of partnerships, right? And so when you first pulled that for me, I was kind of like a goose, you know, <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, but the description really talked about partnerships and healthy partnerships. Um, and I think that that could really pull in to the sacral chakra too. What do you think about that? Well, I think I scared you because I kept pulling up the goose and it was all about giving birth and, you know, at a, at a face value, ha having children. But then and I, I was like, said, no, no, thank you. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pull, pull another one. Um, but, but then I, uh, said, no, I really think because we've been talking about different creative projects and I, I said to me, you know, giving birth um, or making space in your family for a, a new project is the same as obviously it's not the same as changing diapers and carrying a child and giving birth, but it, it does take some reshuffling to the family dynamic to make the space and time um, for you to give that attention to a, a project and so and then I, I kept pulling it for you um and I just kept thinking that this is really a sign to kind of step into your power um and your creative power and focus on kind of yeah giving birth to those passion projects I mean, that's the thing with the, with the sacral chakra too, when we are talk about, talking about things, you know, like 
the uterus and desires and stuff, you can very easily fall it into the stereotypical bucket of sex or children or procreation, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But in reality, there's so much more that can be housed in those specific areas of anyone's life, you know, specifically women. Um, But I think also within the shape of chakra, I mean, at least what I've read is it's holding place for that divine masculine and that divine feminine energy, which really plays into the creativity that we were just talking about in partnerships Mm -hmm. and that everybody has a certain level of divine masculine and divine feminine energy within themselves and figuring out ways to um, highlight that. I know for a while you were really feeling called to play at more of the feminine energy. Um, And sometimes that could you know, sit quite nicely within some sequel chakra work, don't you think? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, last year, so I'm talking about December 2020, I remember kind of doing a meditation on what my intentions were for the year. And one, what what really came out to me, and I think I shared with you even at the time that it, it surprised me was that I needed to focus more on my, my feminine energy. Um, And so throughout the year, I've tried to be intentional and expansive around what that means. And for, for me, when you think about giving, giving birth, and we're talking about giving birth to a creative project and really just broadening the overall definition for myself of what feminine energy means and, and what creative energy means and how I can intentionally do those in, um, you know, in harmony with one another and really protect what I am carrying in my imagination or in my heart. So if you think about, you know, this, think about creativity as, as a child and you think about all of the nurturing that, that you do um, as a mother, whether you, you know, are, are carrying the child within you or you're going through the adoption process or, you know, there, there are many ways that somebody can become a mother and just really all of the energy and work and thought and time that goes into it and the the time that you're setting aside to to protect that as well and so for me thinking through the creativity and honestly it was probably not until I kept pulling the goose card for you that I really started to make that connection and so I started thinking oh my gosh what am I you know what am I kind of carrying in my creative womb and what do I want to be giving birth to this year and making space and time for and nurturing um and I think you had talked a little bit about kind of what the healing nature is of, of creativity and had some had an experience with the rose courts and uh, doing a meditation. Do you want to share a little bit about that? Sure. I mean, well, with the healing nature of creativity, I mean, we're talking about the second chakra and how much creativity is housed in there, right? And if you really wanted to um, step up creativity in any section of your life, you know, the set, the, the second chakra would be just a really good place to start by doing some meditations on there, some clearing or examining the cords that you have there, right? 
But with creativity in general, if you're really opening up yourself to creating something new, um, planting some new seeds, allowing them to develop, I mean, that's a very healing process in itself. It takes guts, I always say, to start something new and put yourself out there. Um, and if you're doing it in a truly authentic way, it can be very healing because a lot of the uh, internal damages that people carry have to do with guilt or fear or um, shame. But if you're acting truly and authentically and creating something that you truly and authentically believe in, then that can actually heal some of those internal wounds of fear and, and shame. And so just in general, um, you know, creativity can also create intimacy and partnerships and all those things. Um, and if you're doing it authentically and openly, um, I, I don't see how that would not be a positive development within, within people. I personally have done meditations on, um, you know, just, I, I guess I, I'm not always like purposely going into this, but I did do one recently where I purposely, uh, just as part of our project, went into um, the sacral chakra and I had such a clear vision um, of, and it was a guided meditation. And so it was like invite three people to this table and it had to do also with, with water and the moon cycles and everything else. And I just personally was using that meditation, but anchoring into it through the sacral chakra, if that makes mm. any sense. <laughs> I, I um, get it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it was like invite three people to the table or, or, you know, someone will come to the table and bring you three things. That's what it was. It's like so hard to remember, you know, if I don't write it down right away, it's like half the time it's gone. I believe I wrote it down right away in a text to you. <laughs> it's like a heart rose quartz. Oh, yes. And right. it, was, it was a quill, like a fancy pen. And yep. I'm already forgetting what the third one was, a sword, sword. I'm not sure about those two things. The other parts, I'm not quite sure about yet. <laughs> but the the rose quartz then pinged me to go out and seek out this rose quartz that was in the shape of heart, which I personally don't gravitate to crystals that are like shaped in unorganic, mm -hmm. you know, thing. I just personally usually go for like the more natural looking crystal. But anyways, I had this vision of this very large rose quartz heart and so I sought it out and I found one and when I got it I'm telling you it was so charged and it felt just like um it was it just felt very very powerful and it was so strange because I never actually had a crystal that was like you know zinging like that like it was it felt like it was electric and I think it's also an example of following just the little pings and the little hints in your life. And no, has that crystal changed my life and solved all my creative um, feminine is divine issues? No, it hasn't. But maybe with more work, you know, it'll, it'll just bring a little light. It's one of those little mysteries of life that if you follow these little pings where they will lead you to, right? And that's, that can be a creative process in itself. And just a good reminder, you know, I always love things like that because it's 
just a reminder it doesn't mean that every time that you hold it or that you look at it or that one of your children might be picking it up walking around with it that that means you're going to be taken right back into that anchored meditation and you know intention setting space but it's just a glimmer of like oh yeah okay it's like these little guideposts all around um that you're creating and, and bringing into your space so that when you do have the extra time you are going in to a meditation or to Reiki or writing. Um, but when you don't have a lot of time, it's just a nice little reminder to, to see it there. Yeah, absolutely. And I also just, I mean, I love all things water. And I think water is such a beautiful thing to meditate on. And it's very much um, connected with the second chakra. Um, and I did a really beautiful meditation recently where the mantra that was being repeated during the meditation is I am the water everything reflects calmly off of me and it was just a matter of just repeating that in my head um and it was it's a nice grounding meditation it's a calming meditation um and the energy itself of water is so adaptable um and it, it's so uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's such a good example of um, how reactions can either calm or accelerate any segment of your life. And when you're dealing with things within the second chakra, the passion, the desire, the fear, the anger, all of those things can have gigantic ripples or waves throughout your life. So if you do take time to calm within that chakra, um, it just promises you a little bit more peace and calmness in your life. Mm -hmm. Definitely. You had said something earlier about, you know, do we label other emotions as guilt and this concept of the second chakra getting clogged because it's blocked by guilt. And I think my, my biggest takeaway in kind of balancing my my second chakra my sacral chakra um was going through a a guided meditation but just like you said how you know you were going through with the intention to focus on your sacral chakra i i did the same and but what really came up for me was first at, at kind of first glance and going through it it was this this concept of guilt and mom guilt right you always hear about mom guilt a lot and what what triggers me as a mom and what my fears are for you know my family and myself as a mother and how I interact with my my children as a mother and how I even see myself as a as a mother and you know this kind of cycle of what on the surface was guilt, I went lower and realized that what what was what I thought was guilt was actually fears, right? Fears, am I selfish? If I'm setting aside time for, you know, a, a project or to to go off and do, you know, a a Reiki class for a weekend, is that selfish? Is that narcissistic? Is that, you know, on the on the other end of it, if I don't do that, is that people pleasing or is that um 
you know, not being true to my authentic self. And so it was this idea of what I kind of learned about myself is, you know, I really need to examine what that quote unquote mom guilt is and dig really deep into my second chakra to clear out fears and clear out shame and this, you know, fears about being, fears about being unhappy, fears about being, you know, selfish, fears about how I, how I am to myself and how I am, how I operate within my own family. And so I think it's important that, and I didn't even associate that with really until you had said that, oh, are we labeling other emotions as, as guilt? And I think the second chakra is a great place for those other emotions to kind of hide out. And you really have to go deep um, because I, I had shared with you during the week when we were kind of checking in, I, I was really surprised to learn that about myself. Like I said, I did not think the second chakra was going to hold a lot of secrets for me. Um, did yours hold any secrets for you? Well, just, I always think of like guilt is like a blanket that we put on ourselves and it's, it's like our, our, the way we projecting our own emotions out, you know, oh, I feel guilty about this. I feel guilty about that because in reality, we're, we're embarrassed or feeling shame that, no, you know what? I'm really angry about this or I'm scared of this because for whatever reason that's and I think some of it has to do with just American culture you know but it's it we're not supposed to be scared we're not supposed to be angry um we're not supposed to feel shame you know and so guilt kind of just oh I feel guilty that I don't want to go to the movies with Sean like no you're not guilty about that and I'm just making up a name I don't <laughs> I was right gonna say who is <laughs> uh, Sean um I, I feel guilty uh you know that I'm not gonna go to Thanksgiving no you know you don't feel guilty about that it's like you're you're fearing rejection possibly or you're angry that you know in the past you've been treated poorly but if uh, guilt is like such an easy way to just label everything and then it kind of takes like you were just saying it takes um takes the burden off of you to go any further. Oh, I'm guilty. I feel guilty. And that's a bad feeling and everyone can relate to it. And that's it. Um, but I mean, really guilt technically would only apply to if you've done something morally wrong or like illegal, like, like that's what you should feel <laughs> guilt about. Otherwise you shouldn't be feeling guilt. Like there's nothing bad about feeling fear. There's nothing bad about being angry. There's mm -hmm. nothing bad about not wanting to go to Thanksgiving if your family treats you like garbage you know what I mean like mm -hmm. these aren't things you should feel guilty about and so that's when I talk about the mislabeling of emotions as guilt it's like I'm only willing to go so far into my emotions so I'll call everything guilt and then everyone in society kind of understands what I'm talking about but if you go that extra you know I don't know how many steps extra to really identify why and i didn't and, and the, i mean part of the reason too why it's so much easier just to say oh i feel guilty is because once you do identify like okay i'm really i'm i'm a, i'm scared of rejection over this then you kind of have to do something right when if you can just say oh i feel guilty like you don't really have to do anything you know but if you've actually taken the time to go down and identify those fears then you're going to be called to work on them and that's hard too you know, 
But within the sacral chakra, um, there are the negative expressions of anger and fear. Um, mm -hmm. And those can get housed in there. Uh, fear kind of being the absence of confidence or the absence of love for yourself. Mm. Um, and, and I've also heard about it being attached specifically to the ages of like eight to 15. Those are like prime ages for young girls to have some type of, you know, societal sexual trauma. Um, and so those can all come into play too. So it's like a doozy of <laughs> a chakra. Oh yeah. Oh, you know what? I think you actually changed my whole life uh, during the second chakra week because we were talking and I was complaining to you about my need and desire to have a quote unquote lazy day and just what the dynamics in the household were of that day and that I didn't feel like it was acceptable for me to take a lazy day and and then you said is, is you know are you mislabeling a lazy day and what you actually are looking for is a peaceful day and I thought oh my gosh mm -hmm. right that is even just switching that label um, and then you and I went down a whole, you know, rabbit's hole around what, what a lazy day means or doesn't right. mean and what a peaceful day does or doesn't mean. But just, I mean, in the last, because, you know, we're recording after, obviously we've, we've completed that week. And so I have already introduced that language to the kids. They have picked right up on it. It took them less than zero seconds to, you know, to appreciate the label of, of a peaceful day. And over this past weekend, you know, they were asking me and, and, and then it's like, okay, we know what that means. And there's no guilt associated with that. Right. right. In the same way that this label of, of lazy mm -hmm. day. And so I, I don't know if I did thank you, but I'm thanking you here for helping me out with that label. Well, for people like us too, I mean, lazy is like, oh boy, that's a loaded word, isn't it? Like that's mm -hmm. like, <laughs> that's the last thing I was allowed to be as a kid was lazy, you know? Right. And so when someone does call it like a lazy day, when in reality, like who doesn't want a peaceful day? Like, doesn't that just sound nice? Sure Gosh, does. It's so Give me nice. some more of that. Well, I was going to ask you when you are doing Reiki mm -hmm. and you're having a, a hit that there's some type of second chakra, uh, you know, I don't know what the word you use, clogged, blocked, out of alignment. What do you see? And, and like, what do you see in your mind's eye? And, and, you know, what do you do with that information? Like walk me through that. I'm, I'm curious. I don't think I've ever actually heard you describe what you see. Well, I guess, you know, when we were talking about the first chakra and I said, okay, I was doing Reiki and I got these visuals of all of these cords being attached, right? Um, and, and that's not at all what I saw when I was working on myself with, with my second chakra. And the thing that I really like about the way that we're approaching this project is that I'm learning... Um, you know, it might not be until day three or four of the week that all of the kind of important stuff bubbles up. And it's after I've been giving some time and attention to the chakra. And then as it does bubble up, it looks different to me. So with, with this chakra in particular, um, as I was giving myself Reiki, 
what I kind of see in my mind's eye, it's like, because it, it is these past events, um, it's like a, a movie. I'm watching a movie, but it's really like this highlight reel of like, why do I have a fear of being selfish? Why do I have a fear about people perceiving me as being aggressive? Why do I have a fear about people perceiving me as uh, being narcissistic? And then what does my body kind of do? It spits out, okay, I don't want to be seen as narcissistic. So I'm going to be a people pleaser. I don't want to be seen as selfish. So I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to go swing the pendulum so far in the other direction that to be honest, over the past few years, I have to ask myself, is this something I actually want to be doing? Or am I doing it because I don't want to be, be seen as selfish? And so that you know, working on myself with, with boundary setting, um, and, and getting really clear for myself, what I want to do and not saying yes to things that I don't want to do and being okay with any perceptions that folks might have of me because of that and perceptions that I might have of myself because I'm saying no to certain things. And so This was interesting. And this is what happens a lot when I'm giving readings to people. So when I was clearing the second chakra, the way that it was showing up for me was through these like highlight reels. And when I'm giving Akashic record readings to people, if it kind of wants to show, let's say they're having a difficult relationship with their mother, I'm going to get this whole kind of patch together. It's like I'm watching a movie um, Mm -hmm. and it happens really quickly. And so you know, it's completely unlike what happened with the first chakra. But when I say to people, oh, you know, if I'm giving myself Reiki or if I'm giving a client Reiki and they say, oh, I got some Reiki feedback on you, um, that can look different every time. And basically like my Reiki feedback was like a highlight reel of all of the fears that I've ever had in my whole life and oh all of my shame shadows. And I thought that sounds wow, wonderful. <laughs> that is, <laughs> and there is too. That, that was I mean, my Reiki and then feedback. If and I mean, intense. if you think about, um, you know, just like okay, I'm I'm housing all these fears. I didn't even really realize I was. And then you can very clearly say, like, okay, well, how is this then, like, kind of putting up a little wall around? my intimacy and if you're talking about mom guilt how is this putting up a wall around me and my kids relationship you know like intimacy Mm. intimacy doesn't just have to be sexual you know there's a lot of ways to have um partnerships and intimacy within a family or friendships you know so if you are having these fears that you haven't even identified yet you can identify them and then apply them like oh so this is why I'm, you know, keeping two steps away from, you know, whatever, whoever the person is or whatever the the issue is within a family and and anything else. It's all, you know, it's amazing how it's all connected. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. One last question then for you, Kristen, if if you did see somebody in your Reiki feedback with something that you perceived as associated with second chakra, like what's your first step advice? Uh, you know, the, the benefit of 
my experiences to date with giving Reiki is that I get very specific homework for people. And so when I get, a, you know, I, I rarely would say to somebody, your, your second chakra is blocked, um, you know, and then, and then move on. It's your second chakra is blocked and, and here is some homework. And, you know, it's, it's take what you like and leave the rest. But in a perfect world, here's the feedback that you're getting from your body on what would be most useful to clearing that. And that can look like so many things. Um, I mean, all of our chakras are related anyway. I would say in the past, if I have to think about, you know, what I advise folks to do when their second chakra is blocked, it's really linked a lot to their throat chakra and how they communicate and how they communicate with themselves and how they communicate with others and how they advocate sure. for themselves. Um, yeah. And so it's about like getting really clear. I always, there's this one activity all the time for people and it's kind of drawing, getting a piece of paper and drawing a big cross through it. So then you have four specific areas and the questions that you're supposed to ask yourself are, what do I need? What do I want? What will I accept? And what will I not accept about a specific topic or as it relates to a relationship, you know, because that's where we're mm. really holding in our second mm -hmm. chakra. Like I feel, how do you feel? And how mm -hmm. do I make myself feel? How do other people make me feel? It's, it's taking accountability for being able to say like, I've done a little bit of homework. I, I know why this is an issue and I'm really clear for myself before I communicate. Sometimes it's just for yourself and sometimes it's a good tool to use to communicate with others. So it's, again, what do I want? What do I need? What will I accept? And what will I not accept? Oh, so there's a little homework. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my homework that I would give is to just advise people to just befriend your fears, identify them, walk through the process. What's the worst that could happen? And then what, and then what, and then what, and in the end, like you'll, you'll be alive, <laughs> you know, if you don't have a friend or if, if something terrible, I mean, what's the absolute worst that can happen. And once you work through that process, uh, you can see that it's probably not that bad. You know, if you think of befriending your fear, you can start to just acknowledge it, work with it, use it to push yourself forward with your creativity and with your partnerships and just expand your aura to like embrace it, you know, mm, and definitely. then you will start to attract like people who are equally unburdened by mm. these fears and these feelings. And if you work with the fears and you use them in the right direction, it is just a weight off of your back. Fears are your friend. <laughs> <laughs> like I should trademark that. I don't know. If uh, yeah. Just saying. Okay. A The next time we come together, we'll be sharing about the third chakra, the solar plexus chakra that's, 
you know, I can, it's related to self-worth and confidence and the power of transformation. It's personally one of my favorite chakras. And, you know, it, it's always lovely that our work on our uh, solar plexus occurs during a, a full moon and a lunar eclipse. And I know we'll both have um, plenty of fun stuff to share around that. So we'll see everybody. I mean, what could go wrong? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll see everybody next week. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.